Welcome to the Dames Who Dish podcast. We had a cool interview with Mary Amons from Real Housewives of DC. We met her in Clubhouse. <laughs> Good old Clubhouse. Fucking Clubhouse. We love Clubhouse. <laughs> um, she happened to just like jump into a room. As people do. As people do. <laughs> and then she got brought up on stage and she's had all these different things going on, all these different opportunities that have come up for her. And it was actually the 10 year anniversary of the White House debacle. Oh, I know. That was so good. I don't know. I just was like, I'm going to reach out to Mary Amons because I just think she's really cool. And she is very she cool. She is very cool. She's we fun. had a bunch of cocktails with her. I cut down this interview to, I think, a little over an hour because we could have just chatted and chatted forever. She's got a lot of insight, a lot going on. She has a new venture called Hippie Chica that she talks about, but she also talks about her time on the show, how it was back then. Would she come back? Yeah, all really good stuff. Mm -hmm. She was a fun a fun chat for yeah, sure. It was fun. She also talks about her connection to one of the Dallas housewives. Mm -hmm. She actually lived there for a couple of years. Just lots of fun stuff. And, and a big teaser. She made out with someone <laughs> in her younger years. <laughs> I can't get over it. I, I, honest, I honestly can't get over who she made out with. And I think by my screeching <laughs> in the interview. <laughs> But I'm not going to tell you where it lies in the interview, but it's towards the end. So. Yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, we kind of pick up in the middle of our conversation because once we got her on, we just kept talking and I wasn't recording. And then finally, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I better yeah. start recording. Stop, this. stop. We have to record. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy our interview with Mary Amons. We are talking to Mary Amons from The Real Housewives of D.C., one of our favorite housewife shows. We are so upset that it never came back. Very we, upset. I mean, we, you have so much to say, so many interesting things happening in your life now. We want to talk about all of it. We, of course, want to touch base on your experience on The Real Housewives of D.C. That was a whole 10 years ago. Now, I heard you say before that you were kind of talking to Andy Cohen about doing a 10-year anniversary special. And whatever came of that? Well, what happened is, um, and it was all sparked on the fact that there was our anniversary coming up, but Kat Omni, our castmate, our British castmate, who went, you know, divorced Charles long ago, right after our show, that was really rough on her, went and moved to Spain. She's been living in Mallorca, Spain for the last so many years and had a new baby. Like her, her youngest is now, I think seven. Oh my, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So she had a baby after the show. Wait, did she have a child? Yeah. She had one child with her husband on the show. No children with him. Two children from another marriage that oh, she brought over. That's right. And Mary Charles, cause he was Obama's white, he was a white house photographer. Right. And she was just new here. Like she had just arrived and all of a sudden she was put forward for this opportunity and she was like, yes, I'm doing this. And I think he was sort of on the fence about it. And she knew no one really knew no one. I mean, had a few friends that she had made within the months that she had arrived from the UK with her two kids. And her two kids were like mid teens. It was rough because then Obama was elected because he was on the road with Obama. So Obama was That's elected right. and then he was still 
traveling a lot. So he was kind of in and out. And then as our show went on, you know, things kind of went south with them. But anyway, the reason I'm bringing her up is that she was back in the country right around when um, our 10-year anniversary was like. It was the 10-year anniversary of the White House crash is what was the date. Oh, of course. <laughs> so this is all my wheels turning, saying, oh, Kat is back in the country for a week to 10 days. I wonder if Andy would consider putting us on his show just as a nice gesture to talk about what happened and to just give us an opportunity just to chit-chat about, yeah, because we haven't seen him. Yeah. We haven't seen him. And we've had communication with them randomly off, you know, emails and stuff. But anyway, so I suggested that we have um, an appearance on or a reunion on Watch What Happens Live. And so Andy was all for it. And he goes, I'll, yeah, I'll get back to you. Let's, let's figure out Mikkel, if Mikkel will join. <laughs> and then all of a sudden things started to shift a little bit with the timing and not sure we're going to be able to fit you guys in. And if Mikkel isn't really interested in it, then not sure we're going to do it. And you know, oh, wow. so it, all just, it was, it was, there was a live wire for a second and then it just kind of filtered out because two of our castmates are not interested in participating. Was Stacy the other one? Mm, yeah. yeah. It's just done. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not mad at her for that at all. I, I think she's just gone a different direction and has a new life that has, you know, she just wants to stay private. Doesn't want to look yeah. back. So how were you cast for the show? I was cast. Um, I have a charity. My charity is Labels for Love. And so I was very socially active in D.C., um, hosting and very active on the social scene, raising money for women's and children's causes in D.C., and my dad is um, someone that's been involved with politics. And my grandfather was famous. He was one of the pioneers of radio and television. And so I think when uh, our producers, because it's all locally produced, you know, and so when our local producers were fishing around to the different girls, I mean, they basically went to the PR girls in town and said, who do you think would do this? Who do you think would qualify? Who do you think would be interesting? Who do you think has um, anything that would, you know, we'd want to put together as a group? And they found me. And so I just, you know, I had to go to my father, who was one of the pioneers of the cable business, <laughs> which is ironic. Like, he... He basically regulated cable and got all kinds of trash off cable channels and, <laughs> you know, and regulated the whole industry back in the late seventies. And so, and he's a lawyer. And so when I went to him and I sort of like had both fingers in both of my dimples going, dad, I, uh, this has come my way. And I think this would be fun. And I think I could probably do something really cool with this. Mind you, I had already worked for my dad almost my entire life running his charity. So he knew that I had chutzpah, let's just put it that way. And he knew that I could, he knew that I could work a room basically. And I've, I've, I've learned from him very well. Anyway, um, he had a lot of concerns for sure. And uh, I just was like, dad, I think that this is probably something that 
isn't going to be long term because I don't think these shows work well in DC. I don't think reality shows um, have longevity just based on the fact that politics really can't be part of this and politicians can't be a part of this. So I think this is a one-off and I'm pretty sure, this is my selling point to him, I was like, I'm pretty sure if you were in my shoes, you would do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're right, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think you have this. Um, we're just going to go and do a bunch of novenas and masks tomorrow and make sure that we're <laughs> and um, your family is protected and your image is protected. Um, but he really gave me the high five to go do it, and that's all it really took. I had a very strong gut feeling that this was not going to be long-term. That's so interesting. You didn't yeah. think it would end the way it did. So did you know any of the other women before you yes, joined the cast? I did. Well, Linda and I were very good friends for 15 years prior. In fact, I think that's really why producers chose the two of us, is that we did have a, a strong connection as a friendship. And they liked that. They needed that. They mm -hmm. needed some kind of glue in there to, to glue this group together. And... Linda is so well respected in our city. Um, she just she's a she's a powerhouse, and she's like she fits <laughs> under my arm. Like she's the tiniest woman, but she is so strong and so powerful and so full of um, goodness, and has done so much good in this city for for advertising, for modeling, for all of it. She's she's really um, set a precedent. And so I think that they really loved our connection and our relationship. And then I think they also saw how easygoing we were with others. Mm -hmm. So Mikkel was sort of like the wild card, of course. And we both, I mean, Linda knew Mikkel way better than I did. I, I knew Mikkel because, I mean, you see it on the show, she sold me Trish McAvoy. Oh my God, that's right. At Nordstrom or something. <laughs> that was a big, that was a big edit, by the way, Shit. on me, like discrediting her. Like, yeah, like like you were a snob and you were saying, I, I only know her because was she was selling me. down to that. Right. Um, and they edited me in that way. I was just having a conversation with Kat in my car on the way to this ridiculous afternoon that ended up being hilarious. And it was the polo lesson. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was, you guys, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, really, fucking hilarious. So I was laughing my booty off the whole time, knowing full well that they didn't own this farm, they didn't own these horses. This was all a smoke and mirror thing. And I looked at our production like, shame on you. So production we knew also that this was all bullshit. Yeah, they knew we knew it was bullshit. Oh. And they knew it was bullshit, too. They oh. didn't care. Oh, man. They had it. They had a wild card, and they were going with it. And we, and both Linda and I warned them from the very beginning. Linda harsher than I did, because I had never been in business with them. Linda had been. Mm. Linda's models had been screwed by their charity events before. Like, they don't pay their bills. Well, and, yeah, we know um, that now. 
they just grift and use people mm -hmm. and they use charity in a terrible name and you can't do that anymore but this is like 15 20 years ago and they just built this reputation of just grifting charity and events and putting their face out and ending up on stage at Wolf Trap with like Bon Jovi and what? <laughs> what? I just like, remember her face when she would meet people and she was so fake. I thought it was strange how her and Stacy kind of had a weird connection. I felt like Stacy almost felt sorry for her. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think Stacy felt, I think Stacy had a sort of a passive role in the middle and um, we had such a strong animosity towards her going in that I think Stacy was, and I think that's also why she was cast also, so that there wasn't this like four against one, that there was this one in the middle that was kind of going to give her the benefit of the doubt based on her own experience, mm. which she had. <laughs> and that, you know, that was a bunch of nonsense too. Like, it, and, she, and the more she went, the more she started to figure it out. And then I think Stacy, frankly, was so caught up in this that, and then I think, you know, towards the end was really regretting this decision. Like, holy shit, what have I what did I do? For? I think she did. You could see it. You almost could see it happening. You and Linda had it figured out. Yeah. You, you yeah. knew what it was going to be. You know, you, you were part of it. Michaela yeah. was just whatever. Who knows what the hell she was doing? I don't even know why she was on like there. In the clouds. No, and then there's Kat who's freaking out because she's got a really crappy situation unfolding at home because she's just moved here from the UK. She's married someone she really doesn't know no. and is also quite problematic. And she had no idea how bad it was. And she signed up for this reality <laughs> on top of it all. Um, what did your what did your husband? You have five kids. What yeah. did your husband think when you said, "I think I want to do this"? He thought I was nuts. <laughs> In fact, he was like, "It's a really bad idea. I think that you're crazy." And I was like, "You know what, Richie Amons? I might be crazy, but I'm doing this. So um, you have a you have an option. You can either." Get on board, because <laughs> I'll bring you along if you want to come with me, or say no. And he wasn't on too much, I don't, if I remember correctly. He wasn't a fan of the camera, right? Well, I, I think that he was uncomfortable in front of cameras. And so it was, it was just, you know, a choice of his. In fact, kind of the beginning was a lot of um, conversation and because his, his sense of humor is completely sarcasm. And on camera, that is not no. a good thing. No, we've we seen a few it. husbands yeah, we've tried to do that. Husbands. Yeah. Ball buster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that, that doesn't translate as like a kind, nice daddy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, you know, ball busting your kids or ball busting your wife constantly is not going to look good to the general public. So I, I had to actually pull both Rich and Molly aside at the beginning and just say, you know, I have real concerns about the two of you and the way you are behaving and your attitudes. And I don't think it's good. So you probably either want to like decide to engage in a better way, in a more positive way, or just don't engage at all because you don't, you have the option. You don't, I said that to all of my kids. 
you have the option to participate or not. Like if this is making you uncomfortable, you don't have to show up. Like if there's cameras in our house, just don't show up. It's fine. And you know, it, it ended up really that conversation changed everything because all of a sudden both of them kind of clicked into, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Because what I said to, to both Richie and Lolly at the time was you both have an opportunity to do whatever it is you want with this as well. Whether you're going to like show up and be a part of this and participate in a positive way because Richie was talking about writing a book and all of this other stuff. I was like, you have an, you have a platform, you build your own platform. And this is, and if you think about the franchise, this is 11 years ago where things weren't the same as they are now. Right. And housewives, husbands really hadn't had a voice or I was like, dude, you're hot. Do something with this and, and make this for yourself. And it really, it really changed everybody's attitude right around. And it worked out to their benefit just to, to look nicer and be more, (laughs) I don't know, accommodating to what was going on. Well, we saw it, um, you know, with OC starting at the very first franchise, uh, Gina Keogh's kids were awful and they came off looking awful. They were mean to her. People hated them. And her husband as well. Oh, yeah. Her ex-husband was awful. We we often say that you have the hottest husband. I mean, <laughs> we're just going to say. We know that you two are no longer together. But, you God, too. he was really hot. He probably still is. Say, I will never say that Richie Amos is not hot. <laughs> <laughs> he looked really young, too. I don't know if he still does, but. He looks good. He looks <laughs> So let's talk about that. You guys were married. He's moved on. Well, you've both moved on, I think. So 26 years you were together. Did you guys being on the show lead or help with finally ending your marriage? Um, No one's ever asked me that question quite positioned as you've just asked it. So um, I would say that, yes, the answer is yes. That, that is not what caused our divorce, but me going on the show and me leaning on an opportunity to build myself and build a platform for myself was definitely what led us to down the road to make the moves that we needed to make. So it was a, it was a long time in the works. I mean, a long years and years in the works. And, um, and so it really was like this, spark of opportunity in my life that appeared and this is why I think my dad really saw it as the opportunity that it was for me in that he's like I was like dad who gets this opportunity and you know me I'm not I'm not one of that and this show is different I knew that they were casting the show for for something else I knew that Bravo was testing the market I knew they were testing the audience because uh, Obama had just taken office. All eyes were on D.C. There was like a whole new energy focused on on D.C. And you couldn't have politically like completely tied women to, you know, politics in the show. So it was just going to be sort of like this undercurrent of socialite you know, what's going on in DC that's cool and has some like they they really work to get the politics tied to it. And so I just kind of told my dad in this pitch, just having 
And I just had a gut about it. I just said, Dad, I think this would be really good. I think this would be pivotal for me in my life. I've studied acting. I, you know, my grandfather were legacy, this and that. And, and he just was like, yeah, I see it. I see it. And so it ended up being a perfect equation of what I, what I really hoped to get out of it because I didn't really do it. I didn't do it to be famous. In fact, I've had fame in my life. My grandfather was very, very famous, and I know what that was for my mother, and it wasn't fun for her. So I almost had to sort of take that into account going in to be sensitive to my mom and how she has resisted fame and notoriety and who he was and had to define herself. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to jump into this trampoline of bravo, Andy Cohen, (laughs) you know, nonsense, and just kind of like blow up my grandfather's name and, you know, all of this stuff and, and put us back out there. And I just, I knew in my gut that it was the right thing to do for me and for my family. And my family was mad at me for a little while because they weren't quite ready for it. Mm. And they as obsessed as my daughters were with those shows, like obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. As soon as I signed on for it, they're like, oh my gosh, we are on that show. Like we have cameras, we have these people like invading our house for five months. And you know, so it was, the, and also we were going through this tumultuous time in our family. So it ended up, you know, I I don't know. I I just, I'm rambling on, but what I would say is that everything happens and it all works out. Well, it doesn't sound like you have any regrets about it. What I threw them into, because I threw us all into it, was something that pushed them out of their comfort zones. And you want your kids to be out of their comfort zones. And, you know, they can turn it on me and be like, this is all about you wanting to be famous or blah, 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 and turn it back on me. And this is how we got divorced. And this is how our family ended and all this nonsense. No, that's not the truth. Actually, it was me knowing that this was an opportunity I needed to do for myself to launch myself into who I needed to be as a person that's going to be contributing in a positive way on this planet. And that's happened. So everybody gets to figure themselves out that's right right so figuring yourself out you are you still dating the texas guy but you're living in are you living in virginia or where are you living i'm back in southern maryland which is our family farm and it's back where i grew up and i have had a work opportunity so there's been a couple of things that have drawn me back So there's been a work opportunity to work on a very exciting design project that has, I can't talk about the name of it, but it's a historic hotel in DC. It's like the historic hotel in DC. And I'm redesigning the common spaces with a group. Wow. Yes. So awesome. So that's one thing that, that drew me back. And then, um, my dad has had some health issues and I am the oldest of seven. And so I am the most available at the moment to be able to come back and assist my parents as they're turning the corner into their 80s and declining a little bit in their health and all of that. So I'm around. And then COVID hit. So I kind of was locked here 
for the year. You know, I'm, I, I've done a lot of work on myself. It's given me such a break to just be back home and back to sort of not having to focus on much other than my family and my work and myself. And I've never, ever had that opportunity, ever, like ever. And are all your kids still local or are they kind of dispersed? I have three that are here in D.C. So Lolly's here, Ryan, the next one down is here in D.C., and Alexandra. Matthew, my youngest, who was the 10-year-old in the show, (laughs) or the 12-year-old, whatever, he he lives between Charleston and Nantucket. And... He's now he's in that phase where he can like summer and winter. Oh, how how nice! How nice! <laughs> so he he summers in Nantucket and winters in Charleston, and he's in school. And then um, and then I have my Megan is in New York City, and my two daughters Megan and Alex are talking about moving to Denver. So they're all doing great. They're all thriving. They're all you know, even Rich Amons is doing great. Everybody is really in a good place we're collabing as a family just you know good. communicating and it's been hard i can can tell you that divorce really has been so disruptive and and tough to manage but um i think we've we're on the other side of it i'll just say that good yeah. good and the kids are older now too so it's yeah. you know they're kind of yeah. in their own things Wally is turning 35 <laughs> <laughs> not little smart mouthy lolly <laughs> she was so funny she really was funny she was yeah okay so you were talking you lived in texas for a bit and you know one of the ladies who you know she's really just a friend of she's i think she's been cut out a lot and um we've heard that they were sort of auditioning her to be a full housewife but there were some issues with maybe her divorce or something that Something happened, and I know that happens quite often. But she's the other redhead, Jennifer Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I knew her as Jennifer Davis Long. So now she's Jen Davis. <laughs> so she's created her, her stage name now. It's Jen Davis. <laughs> and she's a great girl. Like, she is really a great girl. So she was cast as a full cast member. And I think when filming started, things started to get rocky. And so I think that producers graciously... I mean, I'm so I'm so happy for her that that whole thing didn't become a whole thing for this season um, because you can't really introduce this beautiful redhead in the middle of a mess, you know. And I think that that's where that's where production probably went. Ah, this is girl. This girl is great. She's great on camera. She's got all kinds of attitude and redheaded spunk and all of that and she is a natural that or her natural hair color by the way <laughs> and the, you know those redheads they're fiery uh-huh. anyway she's a great girl and she's a great friend and um and i'm so happy for her because i think that she's been given uh some grace in this in that she can transition and i think they'll probably bring her up you think so I think so. Maybe maybe they may get rid of the other redhead and bring her in. (laughs) Well, I mean, survey says uh, (laughs) probably. I think that um, what will hopefully happen is that they'll they'll transition her in as Jennifer and introduce her because 
one of the things that I just was about to say is one of the things that bothers me about how they introduced her is they didn't introduce her. Well, that's what I was going to say. We don't even know her. She is and where she came from and no. why she's, she's in every scene. Yeah, nothing yeah. about her. Cameron's random friend, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-mm. And it doesn't look good for production to just, like, plop somebody in who has, you know, talking about her JJ and all of this out of the gates, and we don't know who she no, is. No, no backstory, nothing. We know nothing about her. It's a little of a wild card, but um, hopefully hopefully it'll work it out. But I really like her. I think she's a great girl. She's like a soul sister to me. She's, she's a really good friend, and I think that I gave her some advice. Um, she came to me and asked me if, you know, if she thought it was a good idea to get on the show because they were looking at her seriously. And I asked her a lot of good questions, and she answered them very well. And I just basically left her with, it is between you and God. This is a big risk. And based on what you're about to go through in your personal life, you know, it's all going to be out there, and that's hard. So you just have to decide whether you're okay with all of your business being out there and people trashing you, not knowing you, not knowing what's really going on, um, and putting yourself in, in the line of fire, literally, if you're okay with that. And also, I was like, any skeletons you have, they're coming out. Make sure that you're completely yourself and you're honest. And if you've had struggles, if you had issues, let it out. Just let it out. Because, by the way... The best thing you can do is be your authentic self. You should have had that conversation with Jen Shaw before she went on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. (laughs) How about that nonsense? So that sparked more, more like playback to us. Exactly. Because of like, you know. For the Michaela thing. It's It's nuts. So 10 years ago when you started, if social media was what it, is now would you have felt as comfortable going on there because i think that's that's hard we always laugh that oh my god thank god when we were younger we did not have what's out there now because i mean i find these little pictures of me in high school i'm like oh my god why did i take that picture (laughs) but i can just rip it up and nobody else sees it but you know everything online this is scary it's scary to be on a new show now yeah for sure i'm sure and so when we were coming out of the gates, it was Twitter. Twitter was new. By the way, we had no coaching about social media whatsoever. Whether we should be tweeting while the show was on, no one was giving us any kind of coaching about how to promote our brands or selves or any of it. Or their show, even. Like, we had no coaching because I think it was all so new. It was yeah. new. It was new. And so um, we, did have, um, we did have some media coaching when we were going to be doing interviews and all of that after the show was greenlit and we knew that the show was going to air. Then they brought us to L.A. and gave us some training, you know, mm-hmm. about how to deal with interviews and how to deal with controversy and how to manage questions that would be hard and how to stay on your island and not let people derail you in a conversation and all of that. Yeah. I had, I had a lot of training with that, but that was it. There was no, nothing as far as social media is concerned. And so my Twitter is like 19,000 people. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I didn't even really get on there. <laughs> I, I have to say, Twitter is the hardest medium for me. I don't know yeah. why. It's the way the thread is and all that. I get a little confused. I know that sounds like an old th- It's like, I, I'm better with Instagram, stuff like that. But when it comes to Twitter, I'm like, it's too complicated. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little complicated for me. But I know yeah. that that's a medium that even in politics, it's all about Twitter. Well, that's kind of why I'm not on there is because I, I'm, I'm not going to be blasting my political stance and I feel like Twitter has become a very big political platform yeah definitely I'm um, not interested but that's all my followers like those are the that's the bulk of my followers is on Twitter and um and I have you know on my personal Instagram I have like I'm pushing 4,000 <laughs> and I'm not I'm for shit not gonna be buying followers oh to yeah a Kardashian oh no, thank god you. no thank you if no me you're gonna like what i have to say i'm right. not doing that i'm not right. playing that game just to push myself out there and no influencer and all that and yes i'd love to be an influencer promoting products that are authentic and real because i love them and someone is interested in them but no i'm not i'm not playing that game of you know buying followers and creating this facade it's nonsense it is yeah, but you can agree. see i mean listen we've had this conversation like are we supposed to buy followers? is that how it's done we don't know no it's got to be authentic if they don't like us they don't like us we don't care but i do think a lot of the housewives now they do buy followers yeah, i mean it's definitely. been known they just talked about uh, Melissa Gorga from Jersey. Apparently, she all of a sudden gained fifty thousand followers overnight. You know, <laughs> watch what happens live wasn't even an, around then, was it? Yeah, oh. I was on it with Jeff Lewis. Love Jeff Lewis. Love Jeff Lewis. Love Jeff Lewis. Oh. Watch that. It's hilarious. Jeff Lewis and I. Andy was so mad at us. Why? Because you were drinking. Because oh we were. Well, we kind of turned it into a drinking um, ball busting <laughs> game on Andy. <laughs> And he had sponsors in the room. And it was back in the days when there was like 10 people in the yeah. studio. And half of them were production. Well, and he uh, only had on Bravo celebrities at that point. Yes. So I requested to be on with Jeff. I let our, I let our producers know that if I was going to be on, that I love Jeff Lewis and I wanted to be on with Jeff Your next plan is, you were, we were talking about you're going to start a podcast. Yes. I had an experience. So this last year that I have been home back in DC with my family, I've been doing a lot of work on myself, like transformational work, spiritually, physically, just really trying to like get myself kind of grounded and, and reset for me and what I really need to do. Because one of the things that I realized is that uh, coming from my dynamic as a in a family, I am the oldest of seven. My mother and I had babies at the mm. same time. Mom and I delivered babies within seven weeks of one another. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And they're all the same parents. So it's not like we had a blended family and this is like, you know, a stepmom or whatever. No, this is all one family. And I was young and she was older. And this is 1986 where I was 19 and my mom was 44 and I had a baby with her and then married Richie and just kept going kept having babies like, this life yeah. this life and this lifestyle and so at the age of 19 I I I mean and 
I had always been taking care of my mom's little kids and all of that along the way because I'm a Virgo and I'm a maternal person and all that. <laughs> so I've just come into this place where I've done such a good job of caring for everybody else that I've realized that I haven't really taken care of me as carefully. I mean, I have in a way, but I have not... I have not nurtured myself the way I really know I should. And so in my 50s, I'm in this place where my kids are all grown. I mean, it's such a blessing. And so my kids are all grown. Um, I have this opportunity to be back to, to take care of my parents in this season that I'm so blessed with. And they're together and they're so loving. And But I've done a lot of work. I've used the time and focused my, on myself to really do a lot of work. And what's coming up is this brand that i've had within me for a long time and when when i was doing housewives i was meeting with some people and there was all these plans about what i would do with this platform and where i would go with it and i had this idea to build a lifestyle brand and back then it was just martha stewart mm -hmm. there wasn't the gwyneth paltrow's there wasn't <laughs> you know the Joanna Gaines. And so I had this idea that I would build this brand that would be Martha Stewart hippie style. You know, it would be this, this much more down to earth, approachable way of life that addressed always like lifestyle, home, kids, fashion, all of it. Like whatever it is that encapsulates in, in the word lifestyle, how you live your life. And I had some great meetings with some really amazing people and they helped me build a pyramid. I basically was like, okay, this is the top of the pyramid, this is the bottom of the pyramid. And the top of the pyramid, the, and, sh and this woman was like, tell me what you want. Who do you want to be that you know that exists now? Like, what level do you want to be? And I was like, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to Why not? Why not? She asked you. All right. Okay. She's like, don't, don't, don't deny that. That's big. That just put it out to the universe, put it out to the universe, like throw that out. You can do it. You can do it. And so we built this whole pyramid. And so life happened and this whole thing kind of had to take a side saddle. And I, you know, I started my design business and I got divorced and really got through kids through school and on their way and, and did all that. And all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? That thing is still brewing in me, and it's coming up, and it's it's ready. So um, a friend of mine helped me, because and, and a lot of it was dormant because I didn't know what to call it either. Mm. That's really that's one of the hardest struggle. things is trying like, to figure out the brand name. Yeah. About about brand and who am I and what what defines me and. I don't want it to be just my name because that doesn't matter really much anymore. It just, I don't want that to be, I want it to be a vibe. Um, I want it to be a feeling that you identify with. And uh, it happened this year. It happened in the bathtub in a salt bath. A friend of mine was like, well, you're a hippie chica. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. That's it. Chico. That's like, it. You just, you just, I just gave birth in this bathtub. Like, <laughs> And literally, you guys, within minutes, no kidding. I'm not kidding. I had, I mean, I was chill bumps all over me. Within minutes, I had the domain locked up. I had the Instagram 
all of it was done within 30 minutes of that name coming at me. It happened. It was meant yeah, to be. It was, yeah. You know, that's the way it works. It is the yeah. way it works, that you have to start with the brand, the name, and then you can go off from there. And yeah. then you said you're doing some design stuff. Yeah. You've got that going so today, on. Today, you guys, this happened today. All of a sudden, and I'm all about high vibes. Like, <laughs> when your vibration is high, shit happens. So I wear this necklace. I've had, I wore this necklace on the show. I've owned this thing for 20 years. It's beautiful. It's a definitely a statement necklace. Yeah. Yeah. So it's my cross necklace. And when I was on the show, people were noticing it. And I had a charity at the time. And all of a sudden, everyone wants to know what this cross is. And it was made by a company named Kristoff. Kristoff, mm. like flatware. Like yeah. Mm. French hand-forged flatware. Very expensive tabletop. But they had a jewelry line for a, a hot second back in, like, the early 2000s. I bought a couple of pieces that I loved when I was on a trip. And I reached out to Kristoff. And they didn't even know what it was. So I gave this piece to them that is stamped with their brand on it. And the the U.S. The French guy, the, the, the it's a French company, but it, I went to New York and met with this guy. And I was like, yes, I'm a real housewife of D.C. <laughs> Bravo television. I know. I know. It's not really aligned with your branding. <laughs> but trust me, I have something here because this is for charity. And so I went and I sat in his office and I sold him and I, I brought him this piece. I was like, this is your company. You guys did this and people want this. So what are you going to do with me that we can benefit others? And they agreed. They, they reproduced the cross for my charity. And they, they, so Christoph sent me all over the country. This is right after housewives sent me all over the country into their stores and did appearances and signings and sold crosses and all of that. And then it just kind of fizzled mm. because they weren't pushing me as well. And then things for me just changed and my focus changed. So I am going to recreate this and redesign it in my own way. And it's going to be part of my hippie chica jewelry line. But Perfect. my point in bringing the cross up is that today, two people in the grocery store independently stopped me like grabbed me from behind and where this woman was like hold on hold on wait a minute i want to ask you about this necklace you have on and then it happened literally 30 seconds later as i progressed out the door a guy asked me about it because it can be masculine or feminine yeah it's very cool piece yeah it's super cool it comes on a cord and yeah. you can tie it. Anyway, I'm talking to a company about producing it and producing it not in metal, but in a plant-based metal-like substance. Oh, really? I've never even heard no, of that. No, I haven't Very either. Very cool. Yes, yes. Of course, when you said plant-based, I'm like, is it going to be like a greenery thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It, it reads as metal, but it's plant-based. Oh, oh that's so interesting. cool. Very hippie chica. <laughs> yeah, really chica. I'm starting this podcast and I'm going to be sharing conversations that I have with real people. Um, you might know them and, they, and you might not, but you will by the end of the conversation um, and telling their stories of their challenges and their victories and really how they are where they are today and their level of success. And it's just a testimony to how 
our ups and downs really shape us and that in our in our challenges we can't really call them struggles because or failures because those failures end up creating such an amazing harvest because we learn so much in the process. And so I'm writing a book also about my own journey and my own facing the dirt <laughs> that I've faced in my life and, and growing from it and knowing where I am today has so much to do with the challenges that I've faced. And this is you know, your one year. Of my messages is do not save your kids from struggles. No, I totally agree with yeah. that. Within reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like you forgot your lunch today. Oh, that's too bad. Too bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, I got to be honest. I, w- I totally. Je- Joey for some carrots. <laughs> no, see, I have to admit, I totally would have brought their lunch. Yeah, I was that mom. But they turned out okay. <laughs> they're, yeah, good. They they're good. But they're also, good. so was I. You know? <laughs> I've it's, had my challenges with yeah. my kids because I know that I that I took care of them in a way that was a little bit over the top, and I've just I've just learned. Okay, so we before you know we we can talk to you forever, but I have to know the story. You you happened to slip in that you kissed or made out with Rob Lowe earlier, <laughs> and I have to know these. these well, I, the way this happened, the way this came up ladies let's just put it in context <laughs> is that um i'm starting a podcast and so earlier we were talking about podcasts and so um rob Lowe came up and i said you know i made out with rob Lowe once <laughs> when <laughs> was this true. i did and it happened i'll tell you the context of when it happened i was in college i was at marymount university it was marymount college of virginia back then Mm -hmm. and it was 1984 to 85 time frame okay wait i have to go that he was so fucking hot then i mean he's still (laughs) hot but oh my god okay go on it was when he was filming St. Elmo's Fire. At Georgetown. Oh they filmed God. it at Georgetown. Yes, at the bar I frequented. Anyway, I had a little dance floor fun with him. And it wasn't like a make-out, make-out session. It was just like a dance, and then he kissed me. You had oh, to be dying. My God. Dying. You knew yeah. who he was, right? And I was like one of the most awkward 18 year olds you'll ever meet like i had a terrible perm <laughs> we all did. that was popular back then though <laughs> terrible, terrible but um he saw me actually we we um exchanged glances going up the staircase and then i ended up meeting him back on the dance floor and he just kind of grabbed me <gasps> and danced with me and, and, and it wasn't just a kiss it was like a, a make out know, it was a make out a little more than did he have the little earring i think in saint almost fire he wore an earring yeah he did (laughs) yes amazing that's amazing he's a beautiful man and still still i came home home to my dorm and no one believed me of course of course (laughs) there were no camera phones back then no No, no damn it man no one one believed me everyone's like you're so full of it We all were trying. I'm like, I don't know what happened. All I know is that it happened. It happened. Oh, what a what great a story. story. And I love it that you were referencing that you like his podcast and you like the format of it. And then you just have to say, yeah, I made out with him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> as a little side note. As a little side note. Oh, I have a, I have a question for you. 
I think it was Megan McCain mentioned that she would like to re-up Real Housewives of D.C. and she would like to be a part of it. Thoughts on that? Huh. Well, <laughs> um, years ago, I met, I met, I've actually been in Megan's presence several times. And um, years ago, she was actually kind of fangirling me at a party one night. Um, and... I just, I just adore her. I think she's great. She's got some balls, uh, and I don't necessarily agree with everything she says. But um, one night we were hanging out, and she's like, "Oh my God, you were my favorite!" Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Megan, Megan, Megan! Oh my gosh!" So this whole thing came out, and Andy, like, she's friends with Andy. She's been on the show. She's been on Watch What Happens Live several times, and I think she was just kind of stirring the pot, just trying to get some attention but you know i don't know where she's living is she in la or arizona or something no no no, no where did they be film in new york oh is that yeah she has to be in new york yeah. she is yeah in new york so i don't know how that would work yeah. i think she was i think she was just stirring and i appreciated it by the way any any um talk of real housewives of dc gives us just a little nod a little acknowledgement that we were there that we existed because Bravo really did just kind of dump us. And, you know, if you look at, if you look at the Bravo website now, there's very, very little content that left that's left up there of our show. I mean, before they had whole sort of little episodes and, um, uh, you know, behind the scenes and all kinds of stuff that was on there. They've taken a lot of that down now and you can't even really see it. You know, that's so disappointing. I love the old filming. It's way more real. And DC was so classic, even without the Michaela. I did, it did make it a little more interesting. Like, oh my God, that actually happened while they were filming. It sucked yeah. for the rest of you because it did change the whole format. They cut a lot of stuff. I know that. But you got it was so real, and you could tell your friendships. You could see how they were evolving, and Cat, and I think I think it was pretty clear that Cat was having issues with her husband at that point. Yeah. So I really loved all the women on the yeah. show. Very independent. I, it, so it's very disappointing that he kind of is like you're the black sheep of the yeah. franchise, yeah. and and that's so sad. I mean, we we aren't even acknowledged at BravoCon. Yeah, that's what that's I was wondering. Point. Yeah, they 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 started that whole thing. We weren't even considered as something that even contributed. See, and we were at BravoCon. Yeah, we went last. Was it last in year or two years ago? Yeah, yeah. We and went we would and, have loved oh. to see. And even Miami wasn't. No, I don't think anybody from Miami was no. acknowledged either. It's really yeah, sad. I think that's really stupid on their part because yeah. it just it it doesn't show kindness and it doesn't show acknowledgement to what you know, a whole cast has put forward. I mean, we put a lot of time and effort and, um, you know, we put ourselves out there for their franchise and their show and their channel, Mm -hmm. but just to be discounted and discarded basically isn't right, you know, and there are enough people and who, who cares at BravoCon, the more the merrier. What's the harm in having like, me, Linda, and Kat, just to be a present. Absolutely. Funny. Like, yes. Funny. Yeah. Like, like, gosh, you're here, and you, <laughs> there's so many people that look at us to this day that are like, 
you guys were iconic. Yeah. You were one of a kind. You were, you know, so many firsts on that show. We were the first mixed cast. Yeah. I mean, that's not even spoken about anymore. No, and it should have been. Stacy was, Stacy and our cast, we were the first interracial cast of the whole franchise. And we had, we were the first to talk about gay marriage. Mm -hmm. We were the first, I mean, we were the first international incident. Like, there's so many, like, epic, iconic moments on our show that are just discounted. And, you know, I think, you know, you guys know Dave Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave Quinn is writing a book. And Dave Quinn um, is writing a book for for Andy's publishing company. And it's a tell-all. And I said to Dave, I said, Dave, I'm not going to have an interview with you if you're not telling my entire story. So it's not going to be edited out of picture. And that is coming out. So he is he is interviewing every single housewife. So I guess just Andy, Andy doesn't care. I mean, it's his publishing company. So he's willing. I mean, he's not really part of the housewives franchise anymore. I mean, he's he's kind of secondary to that i mean he says that well he is he is the executive producer of content for bravo overall okay he chooses all those shows okay but real housewives is his baby and so that's really his you know his security blanket is is the housewives but um yeah i think that this book is going to be pretty cool because I think that all of these women have agreed to to talk and our stories are going to be told. And I had a call with Dave that lasted four hours and it felt like 15 minutes. (laughs) You were regurgitating everything. And also also I was like, you know what? This is a lot of stuff that I want to write about myself. Mm. I did hold back some things that are more personally related to what was going on in my personal life to just sort of like relate to my story and where where I was in my family life and my personal life and and how the show it was impacting that so I did hold some of that back but yeah that's going to be a really interesting book like it's going to be really good I remember sitting at a table when we first met Andy um, and we were sitting around a conference table in a hotel and we sat around and he's like oh my gosh the Beverly Hills women and he was just, he had just cast the Beverly Hills show because mm. they were behind us. And he was, he was telling us basically like the Beverly Hills women, wait till you see their houses, like mind blowing wealth. And we're all sitting there kind of going, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, like, uh, Adrian Malou. He was like, oh my gosh, her house is the size of a football field. <laughs> well, everybody in Beverly Hills. Yes. I mean, come yes. on. And I was like, wow. <laughs> um, what do you do in a house that big? Like, DC has such a different vibe. It's, I mean, you could be living in the cutest brownstone that's worth the same amount as a Beverly Hills home. It's a different feel. Yeah. Well, and it's plus we kind of know now that a lot of these women yeah, with the huge lying. houses don't even own their homes. Right. They rent them for yeah. the show. It's fake. Right. What I do know. you think of Potomac? When you heard there was going to be a Real Housewives of Potomac, what was your thought? Um, 
it was interesting. I just, I just kind of was like, wow, oh, interesting. This is interesting. Clearly, because I have a marketing mind, I was like, clearly they're spinning a new DC that isn't political. Mm. And so they've used the word Potomac because there is a town of Potomac, Maryland, but it really is the Potomac River, I think, that yeah. they're playing off. So the Potomac River runs between the DMV. And so that's where I went with it. Like, this is like a kind of a reboot of DC, this area, but they cast all African American women. And then I was like, okay, it's just a new, a new spin on DC. Like there isn't the pressure of having to bring in politics. There isn't the pressure to have to be in the city. And I, I don't know, it, it just, to me, it's, it felt like a real sort of safe angle to, to continue being present in this area with the franchise. But it didn't. It really has not had a whole lot to do with DC. No, right. they go out in DC. They have lunches in DC. But that's it's about not, it. No, they don't. None of them even live in Potomac. They don't even really <laughs> reference DC. No. no, no, no. It's not. It's not. It's like it's not. It's sort of like this anomaly in the franchise right now, where it's not really about the city because it's not. No. We don't even know what city it is. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. It's many cities. You know? I guess you're right. It's like the river. It's many cities. Down the Potomac. Area. Well, and we've heard from some of them that they live literally an hour and a half away from each other. Yeah. This place is, is can be very spread out or yeah. it can be very, very close based on, like, for instance, our girls on our show, we lived all, well, we don't know really where Michaela lived. <laughs> <laughs> she lived about, uh, if we if we had to guess. She lived about 45 minutes away from all of us. But as far as the four of us were concerned, we were like within 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes of each other. Linda was down the street from me, literally down the street from me. Well, thank you, Mary. We're so excited to have you on. I know. On. It's you so have fun no to talk idea. to you. I feel so like we've fun. like known you for forever. <laughs> <laughs> we watched you with your children when we were at home with our children yeah. so it was really yeah. easy to connect to your guys stories thank you i feel i feel blessed in that I, um and that i had an experience on reality television that feels like a lot of what you saw was kind of true and wasn't really messed with a whole lot and i think that's kind of unusual especially nowadays so now final question i promise this is it if they did renew it for a second season, would you have gone back on? I don't know. Mm. I don't I don't know if they would want me right now. I don't. Really? I don't know that I don't know that they would want me in this position where I'm divorced and I'm you know, kind oh, wait, of listen, so housewives many housewives are, are divorced. Even, yeah, none of them are even married anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But the show has changed. Interesting at the moment. Yeah, it's changed. Yeah, the show no, has changed no. so much, and the you know the reality we use lightly, right? Because it's not so real yeah. anymore. Which when you were on um, DC, I feel like it was more authentic real and more real. Yeah. Now yeah. it's so produced, and the storylines are so fake a lot of times, and so it's. But if you it's could, very different. But if you could put yourself back then, ten years ago, and at that point when Michaela, all that stuff happened, and they whatever they ended it, and then they said that year we're going to bring you back for a season two without Michaela, would you have done it then? Do you think? 
100%. Yeah, I feel like you would have needed a redo. Like, we need our season back because this just yeah. took it over. Yeah. Yeah. We need to actually be seen. Yes. Because we were completely edited. We were we were diffused, basically. And we were a sub-character to this whole incident that became the focus of the show. And, you know, we lacked major character development. And I gave so much. In fact, my whole charity event that was supposed to be the crescendo, the finale of the show, was completely edited out. Mm. 100%. And I had the Renaissance Corporation, Marriott. I had all of these brands that had sponsored this whole amazing fashion show with Lila Rose and Ted Gibson. And it was just this fabulous event that was completely cut out. Ugh. And they didn't let me know until the day before our last show was airing. Oh, you're kidding. So the whole time it was filmed, you thought it was going to be in. Because you know how they can do... Yeah an event and lead up to it in one episode but the fact that they did not showcase and in, in going back and knowing now what i know the fact that they did not showcase one ounce of my charity work through the thread basically was the writing yeah. on the wall yeah uh, so i was very naive in the whole process and i've learned so much yeah and, you know now it's such a different animal and it's so risky and you know like yeah. when I said to Jen Davis, I was like, you need to have um, an understanding that every single thing you're going through will be used and could be spun against you. And you need to have an agenda of what you want to do with this that's going to build you, that's going to be positive, that people will resonate with. And so figure out why you want to do this and if it's for the right reasons because mm -hmm. she comes from a, a really well-respected family in Dallas I mean her parents are rock stars mm. and she grew up there and you know you don't want to mess with that I purposely have not asked any questions about specifics about what's going on I've stayed away from her through the whole filming because I just wanted her to not feel the pressure of me like as like the hound on the top, you know, having warned her. I told you, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, but I know, I know she, she's going to shine, I'm sure. And she'll make some good decisions. And yeah. hopefully, and I mean, I'm so pleased that they ended up giving her the grace to just kind of be the quiet presence and that who knows what's going to happen. The yeah. quiet presence who the only thing we know about her is her vajayjay. Yeah, no. really, exactly. Oh, so crazy. I mean, the first season was all about poop, and this season all about the <laughs> yeah, jacket. I mean, come on now. I think I'd rather still have the JJ than poop. But yeah. Still. Also, I have to tell you, I'm I'm old, 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 old friends with Leanne. Oh, oh my God. wow! Really? Old friends. Wow. I've known, I've known Leanne for eleven years. She's done. She gave it up. It's probably a good. I a think good it was move. a good call for her. Yeah. I think I think that was um, a really tough scenario where I think she ended up being the actress that she is in the scenario and it didn't work out great for her as far as what she was bringing because I think she was giving that show life with the villain yeah. character and it really it took a lot out of her so she's so happy now and she's so relieved and thing that she can build upon and she's she's like a motivational speaker she's all about positivity and 
it's it's ironic that they spun her in the way that they did because that's not really who she is. You know what? For her, she really shouldn't have done that last season at all. Well, she had a wedding to. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. right. I forgot about the wedding a lot, and that 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 even got you know shit on. So yeah, I know. I know. it did. It was not good. Horrible. Bless her. She's good. She's she is. She was she good really TV sweet. in the beginning, though. That's for sure. No, I know. I know. Thank you so much, you guys. So excited really to have you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. See you on Clubhouse, girls. We'll yes, see you on Clubhouse, absolutely. our new favorite place. There is nothing like a dame, nothing in the world. 